This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to another edition of the COVID Report. Your one-stop shop for all of the facts, all of the stats, all of the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. We are your hosts as ever, Ukamelihe Ogwapovana, joined by the amazing Siposihe Mbuli. And we are here to revisit a conversation we've had on the COVID Report show before around the ways in which the pandemic has impacted life on the creative sector. The focus we are taking today, however, is the ways in which entrepreneurship in the creative field can still be achieved in the wake of a COVID-19 pandemic. But there are certainly alternatives to sustaining oneself during a pandemic. And on this show, to help us unpack that, we speak to Sazi Mbalegwa about freelancing and navigating creative entrepreneurship in the time of a COVID-19 pandemic. Having worked on the sets of major motion pictures and commercial productions, Sazim Balekwa is a budding young expert in her field who currently holds an BA in motion film production from the prestigious AFTA, which has now propelled her to oversee creative executions on behalf of the likes of Viacom Media Networks, Disney Africa, Boiler Room Television, Ola Films, Giant 95, eggs films as well as continue to secure the trust of brand film and television executives around south africa sazi thank you so much for joining us on the COVID report welcome to the show the creative industry is very broad and requires one to have a set of skills that will sustain them in the industry what are some of the misconceptions of freelancing that people have especially when it comes to the creative industry Firstly, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely, absolutely am so happy to be here. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are actually like have a whole segment, you know, dedicated to, um, you know, speaking about this. So when it comes to the creative industry, yo, like you said, it's broad. Hey, it's um, we have a multitude of, of, of misconceptions. <laughs> there are so many misconceptions when it comes to working in this industry, especially as a freelancer. One, that it is an industry where, you know, it's, it's fluffy. Like people don't take it seriously. It's a, it's a side job. A lot of people like to say freelancing is a side job because as a freelancer, you should have another stable source of income. Do you get me? So it can be your main source of income. And uh, another thing about freelancing that uh, a lot of people have misconceptions about is that, you know, you can't, you can't um, like rely on it. Like you can't sustain yourself throughout your life with just freelancing. And I have numerous examples of people who have sustained themselves as freelancers. And unfortunately, or fortunate, I don't know how you look at it, but most of the people who um, venture into freelancing as a full-time thing are not people of color. People of color are still trying to break into the working, you know, getting stable jobs. So to them, getting like um, freelancing and something that's not steady, and freelancing is not steady in the beginning, but it gets better. Um, It's very hard. So you find that in the freelancing sphere, there's not a lot of people um, like you. 
so it, it does it, it's it's even it makes it even harder to break in into the industry because there's not a lot of people like you yeah so now the COVID-19 pandemic brought a lot of change in our day-to-day operations. As much as people are losing their jobs, they still have to fend for themselves and find ways to make another source of income. Where would one begin if they want to become a freelancer in the current economy? So it starts with where you are. Where you begin is where you are. What do you have? What skill set do you have that you can, in, in essence, sell to someone else? Um, as a speciality. It starts with, okay, I for you guys, for instance, you are on radio right now. That is a skill that you guys have and have mastered. What else can you do? You guys can do voiceovers. That doesn't require you to 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 even leave the studio or even take it a step further. Purchase um recording equipment in your own home so that when client says, listen, I urgently need a voiceover artist, you can wake up anytime anytime and just record that voiceover make it crisp you have the software on your on your laptop and you send it it literally starts by looking at where you are and what skills you have and how you can monetize them outside of your normal nine to five nine to five jobs do indeed provide stability for a lot of people and it does have to be um accounted for that there are so there are people who work nine to five jobs who might find themselves feeling um, sentiments or feelings of, of a lack of fulfillment with their nine to five job. And I've, I've, I've heard many examples of those kind of individuals pondering the thought of abandoning the nine to five hustle and focusing their energies on, um, on, on, on getting a podcast off the ground or, or getting a YouTube channel off the ground or, 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 or involving themselves in any way they can in the creative industry. And I do, and I do think that for a lot of those examples, freelancing is the, is the immediate sort of go-to before they get themselves firmly planted in their industry. What do you, what would you say your take is on that on, on those individuals who entertain the idea of of abandoning the nine to five job and pursuing um, a lane in the creative industry, especially in the wake of these unprecedented times of a COVID nineteen pandemic. So what I say to them is, go for it, go for it, because the even post um, post COVID nineteen, you will all see that the normal working nine to five model will slightly change. It definitely will change. So it's all about you as the the person who knows that change is coming. What are you going to do to prepare for the change? If you want to start a podcast, if you want to start a YouTube channel, the time to do it is now. So that by the time change is like set in stone and it's happening. You have already started building momentum. You, you want to be prepared for the time that that change comes, right? So you don't only want to start building once, you know, people are like, oh, now you can work from home. And then now only you start, hey, I need a fiber line at home. I need to get internet at home. You know, you need to start getting internet now because I'm telling you things are going to change. So if you've been entertaining that idea, this is the best time. This is the best time to go and start doing all those things that you've been pondering about in terms of doing this freelancing thing. And I highly suggest that if you can um, 
do your nine to five and um, start um, doing this freelancing thing on the side. I was unfortunately thrown into the deep end where I just got retrenched, but I was doing freelancing on the side and I was just like, you know what? Let me do this full time. And that's how I, I started doing uh, freelancing full time, but you don't have to be like me. Um, so I say, start preparing and start doing the things that you need to do. If you are a graphic designer and you know, all your software is on your Mac at work, Start buying that software, have it on your, on your home laptop so that you can start working on the side at home. If, like I said, you guys as well, start buying recording equipment. For me, it's camera equipment. Um, all those things, start preparing because you don't want to get when the change arrives and you are left behind. Then you only want to start jumping because us who have started preparing for this ahead will be the ones, you know, to make the sh money. <laughs> And speaking of making this money, you are in the film and television industry and that's your chosen profession. So please take us through a day in your life and what advice you would offer anyone wanting to pursue a career in the film and television industry. Sure. A day in my life is never the same. I think, <laughs> I think that's exactly why I chose the film industry because things change so much. But fundamentally, um, the basis of my days or let's say a week in production is uh, we will get a brief from client and then production house will then say to us, this is what we want to do. And then we have to just put together a proposal. Hey guys, this is how it's going to look. This is what we're thinking we're going to shoot it on. And then comes us, the producers. The producers then work with the money. And we're like, listen, if you want, uh, uh, if we're shooting an ad for Mercedes, for instance, and they want an overhead shot, this is how much a drone is going to cost you. Um, if you want to be shooting in the Sahara Desert, I don't know. This is how much the location fees for the Sahara Desert are going to be. So that's how... Basically, um, over a week, this takes weeks or uh, two weeks on end, and then comes production day. Um, production is normally the shortest. It will take two or three days max in terms of ads. Um, I'm not talking about films now. Films can take and series can take forever. So I'm just take, talking in terms of ads, advertising. It takes about three days, and we shoot it. Then it goes to post-production. So my days are never the same. Um, they're all different. Even when I work with uh, different clients, different clients have different needs. So my days are never the same. And to anybody who wants to pursue this industry um, in terms of film, you have to have your <laughs> patience. You have to have patience because you'll come out of AFTA or VITS and you will, you will have the degree, right? And you'll think, yeah, and now I'm a producer, now I'm a director. You aren't. You, you, you ain't, you are nothing. You at the bottom again and you have to work your way up, up, up. And it takes a while. It takes a while to even get your first job. So imagine how long it takes to you from getting outside of varsity into, into the director's chair. It takes patience. It takes it takes resilience. It takes grit. You just need to be passionate. If you're not passionate about this industry, you will, you will leave it. <laughs> you will leave it because it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. 
absolutely takes time. And I won't hesitate to echo that sentiment, speaking as someone who works as an actor myself in our acting industry. It does indeed require you to have that capacity to be patient and not expect things to fall into your lap once you are immediately out the door of whatever educational institution you got your skills from. Now, a lot of the conversation that I've followed around the complexities around being a creative, certainly in this day and age, a lot of those conversations have have turned to what a lot of people term intellectual property, right? Now, as a, as a creative yourself, Sazi, when it comes to, or not even just as a creative, as an independent contractor, um, when a freelancer creates creative expressions, such as written or artistic work, they are automatically gained ownership or granted ownership of the copyright of their work. But a lot of people, I still think a lot of people don't understand the, 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 the exact extent of the recourse they have as far as securing the rights to their own intellectual property. So could you please expand on copyright violations and in the same breath, please emphasize on the importance of, uh, of contracts, reading contracts, making sure you've read them thoroughly before you sign them and making sure that you know the permutations of the contracts that you're agreeing to sign. Okay. Uh, firstly, I want to just also clarify that I am no expert when it comes to copyright. So I don't have um, an extensive um, knowledge about copyright. But what I do know when it comes to that is that if you have an idea and you want to pitch it to, let's say, SABC, um, it's, 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 you can choose to have it copyrighted. You can go to the, I forgot what's this institution. I'll have, a, I'll have to look up for it. Um, but there's a, a way in which you copyright your uh, proposal, right? So that if anything similar comes up, you can say, no man, this is mine, right? And I've also been told that you can send yourself an actual, the proposal you printed out and send it to yourself via post. Um, yeah, I don't know how true that is, but a lot of um, my professors at, in, in varsity were like, no, you send it to yourself via post and you keep it and you do not open it. And then you only send it to the relevant parties so that you can say this is, it has a date and a stamp on when you had first done it and when you have sent it to the relevant parties. So that's as far as I know about copyright, but you have to go look it up. It's very extensive. And I know if you go through this um, third party where you copyright it before you send it to the SABC, it's very expensive as well. You have to pay money to get your things copyrighted. So as a, a newcomer in the industry and you just want to get your first show out, it's, 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 it's quite hard. It really is quite hard because you run the risk of having your things stolen. But a lot of, um, just look internationally, a lot of um, artists and stars have had their things stolen. That means you're onto something. That means your stuff is good. Your ideas is good. So keep on keeping on and keep on until someone is willing to pay for your ideas don't stop you know just because one idea was stolen just keep on keeping on and then when it comes to contracts oh i'm a huge advocate of this contracts contract contracts because a lot of freelancers um will not send um contracts to create to 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 clients because game will say to me sazi i want a music video um of three minutes 
and can you do A, B, C, and D? And I'll pay you 50% now, and I'll pay you 50% once it's done. Then we just shake on it. Then it's done. No, we need to have a contract in place and say, this is how, what size is providing. This is what size these outputs are. And this is how much then game is going to pay Sazi for what she has done. And this is when she will, um, um, he will then pay her because sometimes it's freelancers. We just go on handshakes. And that's why you find a lot of freelancers complaining that, oh, client didn't pay me. Oh, client payment is late. And you can't do anything about it. You have to just beg and plead with them. Whereas it's, it's, it's your, you know, you've, you've, you've worked for it, but you have to then beg and plead with them and you have no leg or legal leg to stand on. So contracts are very important. And even when they then, if you are on the other side as an actor and they send you um, contracts, you need to read through them or get somebody else who's a lawyer who knows the, 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 the lingo because a lot of us don't know the legal jargon. You know, so we end up signing because ugh, this is long. Like, I don't know what is being said here. You need to ask for somebody else to just read through your contracts for you because contracts are binding and you'll find yourself in a bind where you're getting paid a hundred rand per episode and you are in a telenovela for the longest time getting paid a hundred rand. So it's a very, very important to start reading through your, your, your contracts. Fine tooth comb that's why even the production houses even the people sending you these contracts have such long contracts because they know the importance of detailing everything if it was not important to detail everything they wouldn't so you should know that it's important and read through everything do you get what i'm saying so protect yourself at all costs, read your contracts, make sure you copyright, even post your work to yourself. So now you mentioned two ways in which people can secure freelancing work. Firstly, by making sure they're ahead and creating content. And secondly, proposing work to, let's say, possible people. How, are, how What are other ways that people can secure and create freelance opportunities during more particularly COVID-19? So the best way to secure work in general or um, freelance work is to pitch. You need to pitch. You need to be constantly pitching um, to companies. And during now, we all know that during COVID-19, companies have had some sort of challenge, whether it's a financial challenge because they can't meet, um, you know, um, demand of the clients or different challenges where, you know, brands can now not advertise how they used to advertise. Some brands are very huge on the eventing scene. They can't do events anymore. So they've had, you know, now to figure out other ways of how to advertise. So you need to just look at um, brands or, 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 or uh, places of work that you think are suffering and you kind of have an idea of what those challenges might be and then pitch yourself as the solution. How can you then help these brands? I'll give an example for influencers. Um, uh, the, the, the alcohol industry is one of the biggest, um, you know, paying um, industries when it comes to influencing. So you know that the alcohol industry depends a lot on events. They're always hosting events. They're always sponsoring events, event this, event that. How then you as an influencer, how do you help them? Because now events are not happening. You have a YouTube channel. 
how do you create content on your YouTube channel that will advertise and advocate and send the message that the events normally send? How does your Instagram help those alcohol brands, you know? So it's things like that. You need to pinpoint problems, find challenges that people are going through and pitch yourself as the solution. That's how. <laughs> Absolutely. It does require you to be a bit of a hound, so to speak, to hunt for those opportunities and firmly position yourself as someone that can possibly be dependent or dependent upon to fix the problems that you have identified. I'm going to take a quick stab in the dark, Sazi, and assume that the institution you were referring to earlier when it came to um, copyrights. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a stab in the dock and assume that the institution you were referring to was the Companies and Intellectual Property Corporation of South Correct. Africa, known as the CIPC. So just throwing that out there for any of you who may have been listening, wondering which organization we were referring to. Now, as it pertains to freelancing, and being that it's predominant in the music, writing, acting, web and graphic design, film and uh, video, pro video production industries. How can people in these fields use social media to their advantage? Like you, you, now you're speaking to me. These are things that I want to speak about. Social media is your personal advertising platform. It is your personal platform to showcase all your skills and everything that you do. The more um, uh, social media platforms you are on that you actually know how to use, not just being on Facebook and then not knowing how to use Facebook and leveraging it, but the more social media platforms you are on and know how to use and leverage, the better for you because more people get to see your work. Graphic designers, hello, Instagram is your home because Instagram is all about pictures and good looking pictures if you are uh, a musician or someone who creates music don't only be on um what, it, what what's that platform there's a platform where they have uh soundcloud yes don't only be on soundcloud have a youtube channel that showcases how you then put your music together do you get what i'm saying your all your social media platforms are your personal um advertising um spaces you are an actor please create a youtube channel have igtv um sessions where you act have live sessions where you do improv with another fellow um actor do you get what i'm saying on ig live who's done that before because look now alicia keys john legend they were on they had a, a, a whole music session on ig live um, what can you do? This is social media is your platform to advertise yourself. So please advertise everything that you do on your social media. So advertise, 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 make sure your work is known. So one of the key elements in ensuring that your business or your hustle works for you in a, is effective networking. This was possible for the lockdown as there were events, as you mentioned, and that people could attend in order for them to network. How can one network during this pandemic? I'd say I haven't actually tried it myself, but just thinking off the top of my head from the knowledge that I have, I'd say a good way to interact with one is through emails. Um, send through, you know, if you have uh, somebody that you'd like to work with, just introduce yourself, share, share, share your portfolio, but just say, hey, my name is Sazi, this is what I do, should you need ABC, 
I'm here um, to help you. And then obviously when I always say when you um, send an email to people, you need to pat them on the back. People are very, they like their ego strokes. So you want to, you don't just say to Sazi that you've never um, seen her work with. You, you can't just go email Sazi who's, work you've never seen before so you know you need to also go back and see Sazi uh what she's done and say oh Sazi I liked um your you know the music video that you shot with Lockenville or Sazi I like the music video that you shot with Black Coffee and just try get a a, a a conversation going from email and then again social media is an easy place to get conversation going and networking so commenting on someone's um pictures sending them a dm and uh, you know if it's someone in your own field say oh oh my goodness i like this picture um i love the the, the canon um, camera that you were shooting on where did you get it you know it's a, a small conversation start and then they then reply yes this is where i got it then you go slide into the dms and say i actually love your work um we should shoot something together this is what i do you know what i'm saying so a lot of the networking that's going to be happening now is digital so just find digital ways um to network with people so yeah that's what i'd suggest for now indeed now i wonder i i I, i'm i'm very conflicted with my next question because as much as as much as i'd love to pick your brain on this i'm aware that i'm gonna ask you this question against the backdrop of what i'd like to term a very short-term orientated world i think uh the the we spoke about patience and being um, willing to work hard earlier in our discussion and those are qualities in many places that i think are starting to dwindle um across the endeavors of of many people in multiple industries i think that there is, especially when we when we narrow it down to the creative industry i do think there is a level of a lack of patience that holds um people back from achieving what they want to achieve in the lane of uh the creative industry now as it pertains to that and what we are advocating for, what I'm advocating for and what I'm about to ask you, Sazi, when it pertains to volunteering, um, it's always been recommended uh, for individuals to go out there and volunteer their time to work for the companies that they want to be contracted employees for. Uh, and and it's, been, it's, been, it's been suggested as a method of securing a job or a client down um, down the line or in the long run. What tips can you offer an individual who is uh, volunteering or is considering volunteering with the aim of securing a long-term contract at any organization? I am a very, very big advocate for that. Um, I have, uh, so I started recently, um, you know, um, giving advice to uh, young graduates, uh, consulting with them. Um, and graduates don't have experience, right? A lot of them don't have experience. So if you want to gain experience, the first thing you can do is that exactly, volunteer your time, because then you're building up your portfolio and you're building up your experience. Because think about it, what else do you have to offer? What, what, what do you have to offer? They can uh, offer you a uh, hundred rand or a hundred and something for petrol, but you have very little to offer them. So why would they hire you as opposed to someone else with experience? So volunteering your time is a very, very important. 
I, to this day, still do it. And the reason why I still do it, even with my portfolio, is because if I have a client that I want to work with, let's just say, for instance, I went to work with the Fergusons. I will then go to them and say, I'd like to volunteer my time and work for you uh, for just a week. And this is a week where I know I'm not losing any money. It's not a week where I am in, uh, I've got a job already pre-existing. No, it's a week that I would have spent in bed doing nothing. So why not volunteer my time? I go to the Ferguson's, I say, hey, I want to work with you guys for a week. And what that does is it lets them know who I am outside of just an email because an email is just the opening of the door. Now you have to step into the door, right? When you volunteer your time, the Ferguson's will see you. They will know who you are. They will then see how you work. In that week, you need to show up and show off so much so that when you leave that show on that week, you, your presence or lack thereof needs to be felt. That damn. Sazi would have had this for me by now. If uh, uh, um, an actor wants their script, if Sazi were here, I would have had my, my script in my hand by now. I didn't have to ask for it. You need to make sure that you show up and show off so that when they think of hiring a person in that role or someone um, who could fit a potential role, you are top of mind because you have already worked with them. They know you. I always say it's important who knows you, not who you know. Who you know is not important, but who knows you is what's important. Do you get me? Um, so it's very important to volunteer your time. Also, volunteer your time, though, and you know it's not going to take something away from you. If it's going to take away um, uh, time that you could be using for something else, else that was going to generate you money, then um, try schedule another time. But if it's time that you had and you, you weren't going to do anything constructive with it, Please, by all means, volunteer that time to growing your experience and growing your portfolio. Because let me tell you, when I send out my portfolio now to new clients, they see, oh, Sazi worked with Black Coffee, Sazi worked with Disney, Sazi worked with ABC. They don't know how much those people were pay paying me. They don't know. They just see all these big brands and think, ha, Sazi must be expensive because she's worked with all these people. They don't know that I volunteered to work for, you know, Vow FM. They don't know that. But they're just seeing a brick brand on my portfolio and think, ha, she must, you know, we must pay her. And that's what perception is everything. And that's what I've, I've, I've done for myself. So, yes, definitely volunteer where you can. Now, Sazi, in your last answer, you spoke about portfolios. And portfolios are very significant in the creative industry and in entrepreneurship as a whole. Please emphasize the importance of having a portfolio. And one of the key elements that a portfolio should contain to make it attractive very very important a portfolio as a creative is just i don't know how to express how important it is because if you are a creative in a visual um industry if you're a graphic designer if you're a photographer if you are a filmmaker anything that is a visual um industry you need a portfolio because there's no use in you sending me a cv because in a cv you are telling me in writing of what you have done. But what a portfolio does, it, it shows me what you have done because it's got pictures to it. So um, portfolios, you can have, there's two types. 
One, it can be just a PDF portfolio where you have a picture, like for, for instance, with me, when I send out my, my portfolio to clients, it's got pictures of screen, like thumbnails of all the films or music videos or TV shows that I have worked on, right? And then underneath those um, uh, pictures, it will just have a brief description of what the production was. Was it a film? Was it a music video? What was my role in that? And then it will have a link underneath, a hyperlink, where the client can actually click on it and it will take them to the video and they can actually watch that actual video of what I produced, right? As a photographer, there's no need to have a link because your, your portfolio are your pictures and everything that you have put together, right? And then you can have a website uh, portfolio. Um, I'm not sure of the cost, but I've been told it's very, very inexpensive, like $10, I think it is, um, to have a portfolio website, which is even better. And I think for me, what, when I have people, because I've been in places, um, in positions where I employ people, and when someone sends me a portfolio, it says to me, you take yourself seriously. You take your craft seriously. You, know, you want to show me um, what you have done, even more so if you have a, a, a website portfolio, because now you spent money, your actual hard-earned money to make this thing, to make it look um, professional. So it's very important to have a portfolio if you work in um, the, visual, the visual landscape. So it's just... Um, Basically, a picture or thumbnail of what you have done, what the, the project was, a brief detail of what the project entailed, and what your role was in that in that in that uh, um, um, in that specific project. And then you can have a, a, a page right at the bottom where you then um, unpack your skills. You can have your competencies. I put it there as competencies, and then I unpack like I'm good at budgeting. I'm good at A. I'm good at B. I'm good at C. Then you unpack all your skills and then uh the bottom page you know have your contact details even have um contact details of other people that you've worked with as references you call them references in your cv format so it's very important have have a portfolio please and i also help i uh, actually have a consultancy um where i help uh, graduates and not just graduates but people who want to venture into um the creative sphere where i actually help them put together a good looking um, portfolio. Absolutely. Now, in keeping with the theme of taking charge, of uh, putting your fate in your own hands, so to speak, of pitching to companies that you want to work for um, if, you, if you have a desire to work for them, of um, sending those um, ideas out there for people to engage with and uh, taking charge of the lane that you forge for yourself in this creative industry. A lot of people have recommended upskilling yourself regardless of what industry that um, you are in professionally. But this pandemic has forced many individuals to adjust their skill set and reinvent themselves. How can one go about doing this in the most realistic terms possible? YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube is the university that I signed up for, firstly. That is the most inexpensive way to learn how to do things. There's so many things that I now know today that I've, I got from YouTube, right? That's the first place. Then you want to look at other, if you're willing to spend a bit more money, you, um, you want to look uh, at other um, places on, online, um, um, places that have skills and 
Google also has a free um, skills um, teaching website that you can learn digital skills from. So you want to look at uh, things like Udemy. And um, I think um, in South Africa, we have Get Smarter. So you pay for those things, but it's so important to upskill. Like I always say when you pitch to a client or if you pitch into me, you need to pitch raw skills. What can you do for me? What do you know? And the more things you know, the more things you can charge for. If you are a photographer and you can edit as well, you're not just charging for taking the pictures. You're also going to charge for editing. So learn how to edit. If you are a voiceover artist and you know how to put them together in a, um, you know how to edit, I mean, um, put a video to your, to, your, to, your, to your voice, that's another skill that you can learn that you can charge for. So the more things you know how to do, the more you can charge. Upskill, upskill, upskill as much as you can. Start on Google, start on YouTube. Those are the most inexpensive. And you want to upgrade, then you can start paying for those things. So in your previous answer, you mentioned that you have an educational and advisory platform or consultancy platform that also has videos for new and prospective freelancers. Please inform our listeners on where they can get access to these videos and what other solutions do you offer that people can benefit from? So, um, so yeah, like you said, I, I, I just started an um, IGTV series where I just give out information for free <laughs> to people who want to get into this um, creative and freelancing landscape. Just um, basically stipulating, telling them the, the realities of being a freelancer, your finances, how to go about doing your taxes, what is required from you in that, um, in that sphere. Um, so, but then if you want to then, delve deeper and have a one-on-one where I look at your case um, alone. I have a consultancy. So I offer that um, via, so someone um, emails me. So you can email me, sazimbaigmail.com, and then you can speak about exactly what it is that you need. How far are you? Are you still at the beginning level where you have no experience or you medium, you have experience, but you're not getting as much work as you'd like to um, and then we can tailor, you know, I help you put together a, a portfolio and I also help you put together an email template because it's very important that email is the first knock on the door. And um, if that first knock is not an effective knock, um, no one's going to open. So that first email needs to be really good so that someone's like, oh, okay, let me even open their portfolio because if that email is bad, a person's not even going to open your portfolio and move on to the next person. So that's, that's, that's um, what I'm offering because to me, it's very wild that university will teach us all these amazing skills. You know, they teach us how to edit all these things, graphic design, Photoshop, but then they don't teach us how to go about seeking employment, how to go about using these skills, you know, because you'll find that a lot of people who are unemployed right now, it's not because they don't have the skills or the know-how to do their job. It's just that they're going about it the wrong way. So university doesn't teach us how to go and knock on employers' doors. And that's basically what my consultancy is all about, especially for graduates and people who are wanting to just upskill and take it a level further um, with their um, creative um, freelancing work. 
And that was Sazim Balekwa, a freelance creative consultant, sharing what can be done during the pandemic to ensure you still have opportunities. Thank you so much, Sazi, for joining us here on the COVID report. And to further this conversation, we got voice notes from other freelancers on their experience during the pandemic. And this is what they had to say. My name is Sibu Yuselwen Tlangwini and I am a graphic designer. And I happen to also lecture graphic design at a university. And I think I've had a really good balance of both being a freelancer and having a nine to five um, job. I think with freelancing though, One of the biggest perks is the idea of having freedom and not being limited and boxed into one situation. Of course, there are many perks that come with this, um, namely having autonomy over your schedule, how, which clients you work with, uh, preferably people who align with your brand, align with your style of work and freelance. Um, You're ultimately able to focus on the projects and the clients that make you happy and that build your portfolio. The great thing about um, freelancing is that you can choose to kind of um, approach it from a wide perspective where you freelance in general, in a general sense, or you find a niche market where you kind of focus your, focus your energies in that, especially in the creative sector where, for example, as a graphic designer, um, The roles that exist are very diverse. You can become a digital designer who specifically uh, focuses on digital design, design that is meant for web, uh, design that's meant for um, the digital space. You can go into UX, which is um, UX and UI, which focuses on um, the interfaces that you use on apps, uh, websites, and so forth. You can go into web design. You can go. There's so many elements that one can kind of uh, seep into. But the moment that you freelance, you can almost kind of create a niche for yourself, um, and then brand yourself as a specific de- uh, designer who focuses on that particular aspect of it. And obviously, the more you upskill yourself the more likely you have referrals from some of your um, clients, the more you're able to build a reputation and clientele for yourself based on your, 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 your expertise, your professionalism, and so forth. I think what often scares people is the idea that um, there is no certainty when it comes to freelancing. But there technically is. Um, there, there's no like ceiling when it comes to um income you can have various projects going on at the same time but i think now during this pandemic it's forced us to kind of change the way that we perceive especially the creative industry and freelancing that happens within the creative realm due to many financial constraints people are looking at freelancers who can bring value into their companies or their projects so ultimately positioning yourself as somebody who's invaluable somebody who's needed and somebody who and and in a way that you can leverage off of your expertise is very important you can position yourself as a person who is providing the service, the skills. Uh, so, for example, actually designing um, a specific project. Or you can position yourself as a person who is consulting or mentoring or offering assistance in some way. So, right now, people are looking at people that can add value into their company. Not just for the sake of designing. Not just for the sake of um, getting the job done. Now, people are looking at um, freelancers who are holistic in their approach. Who can offer multiple um skill sets as opposed to one particular skill set and i think it's important then to upskill all the different aspects of your freelancing um or of your skill set in order to uh, become more valuable to your clients and although um finances are very tight during this point um in the pandemic people don't be fooled people are still looking for um 
services people are still needing for example i know in, in graphic design now more than ever because people have realized the, the 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 importance of having a digital presence so a lot of organization organizations are getting into the space where they're going online they're going digital they're offering a digital kind of consulting digital products um or loading their products onto the digital space for people to use so in 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 our specific um sector I think there's more of a growth of interest uh, from people. So I think then it's given people the opportunity to be able to promote themselves. So this idea of self-promotion uh, is very important. And uh, just because there is a pandemic that is currently um, we're all embroiled in, it doesn't mean that the idea of self-promo has to has to stop. So put together a, a very refined self-promo uh, strategy where you focus directly on getting your clients, getting your name out. Um, don't stop whether it's social media whether it's um mail whether it's printing out little um packages and putting them up or posters or putting them up in your nearest grocery store to be intentional about where you place yourself and how you go about strategizing getting a clientele um and I think ultimately the benefit of a pandemic is that it gives you time to, or it has given some of us time to kind of recollect ourselves and kind of figure out where we want to place ourselves in the creative field, in the freelancing um, um, field. So the reality is that although this time has come with its 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 um, disadvantages and um, uncertainties, it's also been an opportune time to be able to reflect on what type of freelancing you want to do and how you're going to, to go about it. Because obviously when there's so, so many projects happening, there's so much kind of business that's happening, you never get the downtime to truly reflect on what you're trying to achieve. So you are... Um, so freelancing has its perks, um, has its disadvantages, but focus on positioning yourself positioning yourself as a freelancer who is invaluable who is necessary and who's needed within a specific a specific space and there you have it i certainly hope that this conversation has been as eye-opening for you listening as it certainly has been for Sipo and I conducting the conversation with our guest. And at this time, I would like to thank Sazim Balego again for joining us on the COVID report. Also, thank you to those who sent us those voice notes. Another eye-opening edition of the show, Sipo. I have to agree, Game. And if you have missed this conversation or any of the conversations we've had here on the COVID report, you can find them at vowfm.co.za. And if you want to follow us on any of our social medias, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find us at VowFM. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. 88.1. Or stream by www.vowfm.co.za.